0: Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahm.
1: All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. And my name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stahm. I, I keep starting our intro with an accent, but maybe I'm just hearing it.
2: What type of accent? I can't tell anything
1: business in the news and add our legal twist. <laughs> I don't know what kind of accent. Some Midwestern slash Californian accent. Ac- accent.
2: I mean, where you're from, and similar to me, we're both from the Midwest, but we're not Southern enough to get the Southern accent. No, we're not. I wasn't close enough to Chicago to get that. You were a little bit closer to the East Coast than I was, but you don't get any of that. So we're, we're in a spot where it's pretty, nor- well, I shouldn't say normal, but... normal.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we're pretty adorable. I'm sure we use some words like you, you probably use the
2: word pop too, right? Or no? I use all all the different words, I don't favor any of them and just say whatever.
1: I'm the same way, but when I, I think I've gotten used to using the word soda because when I say pop, people look at me weird. At least in California, they did. Here, everyone looks at me weird in Texas. So
2: <sighs> there's a thing that came out, I don't remember if it was a year ago, two years ago, but it basically looked at 25 different words or, you know, like soda pop, Coke, thing like that, something like that. And it, it had a map of the U.S. and it was color-coded on who said, that's oh, was actually pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's even different phrases that describe
1: different situations. And
2: Someone recently made a comment to me that wasn't from the U.S. And they were saying, you know, if the U.S. formed today, all these different states would be different countries because they're also, a lot of them are so different than other parts of the, like, you know, Cal- I mean, you and I are very good examples. California and Texas are very different than pretty much every other state in the in the U.S. So, yeah,
1: even New York. I mean, that's those are the three states that we practice in. And man, they are. It's interesting how the law has developed in the three different states and how you can see even just taking one body of law, like employment law and how each state approaches general concepts differently. And I think from an employment perspective, New York and California are pretty close in in their interpretation and how they implement it, but still very different. And Texas is on a different plan it all together for sure.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Very true. Well, we're going to talk about a lawsuit just to set up the topic, but this was, it was in Virginia. So none of this, I was hoping it would apply to one of the three states we <laughs> talked about.
1: I know you're always looking for a transition. I know,
2: but we're going to talk about drones. And so the thing I was getting to about Virginia was this guy just settled with the FAA, which is the federal aviation Association. Is that right?
1: I think administration, right?
2: Yes. Federal Aviation Administration. You're correct. Yeah. So he just settled with them for a whopping $1,100 on a $10,000 fine. Sweet. So pretty good. 10% of what he owed. So, or what he was fined for. Yeah. The fine was that he was using his drone for commercial purposes. And I'm trying, this was a few years ago, wasn't it? 2011. So this was, yeah, this
1: is before
2: drones really became a consumer product. So he was operating it for commercial purposes, but using it also in a reckless manner while filming commercial at the university of Virginia. So I don't know what that really the reckless manner part means.
1: Yeah. He's probably hired to film or take some photos or something to that effect. And didn't know how to drive his drone, apparently.
2: It's actually a funny, quick side story. I went to the county building today, and I don't know if you've seen it since they redid it all, but there was a guy flying a drone like right by the county building, and I was like, well, that's pretty interesting. I'm surprised they let them do this like right right next to the yeah you know a government building, but it wasn't reckless. He may not be able to, I wonder. That was my thought. You know, these <laughs> things now, there's drones that
1: literally they fly themselves. I even have a small one. No camera or anything like that, but I don't think it's considered a drone without a camera, but one of those quadricopter things. And it's amazingly easy to control, but it's still, because it's a small one, it's a little bit more flimsy than I think these bigger ones. But these bigger ones are literally, they have GPS on them, so you can literally tell it to go from one location to another, and it flies completely smoothly and avoids obstacles and all that. So the laws surrounding drones are kind of interesting because... The FAA is pretty much, they govern everything above a certain amount of hundreds of feet. I think it's like a, was it four or 500 or so? I don't remember the exact amount, but they specifically allow personal use, unmanned devices like remote control, like helicopters and planes and things like that. They've allowed that, those for years. I think the difference here now is that they're regulating commercial related activity And you'll see this now, I think the most common thing that I've seen used in a commercial sense is where someone's selling a piece of property, even the motion picture industry has been granted some limited use by the FAA to do that. And so that's where the regulation comes in. But when it gets more complicated is that every little local agency, state, city, even the parks department, for example, have their own regulations and rules that may restrict the use of drones, especially with cameras on them. And then I think we'll talk about still the privacy aspects of these cameras as well.
2: Yeah, I think the camera part of it's the big thing. And I've seen an example of the drones being used for you know selling real estate. And it's actually pretty cool. It gives it a nice aerial view, things like that. Like I said, there's a couple of things. There's just regular use, consumer use, and there's commercial use. And then like you said, too, there's having a camera on it. That's a whole different ballgame because I think that's what they're mostly concerned about. Because right now, even consumer use is banned in national parks, and that might be more of a safety issue. They don't want you know something that's a national park, something to get destroyed, or things like that. They've pointed out that there was there was a security scare at Mount Rushmore
1: because they flew a drone over the heads of of those ex presidents, and then there was also another incident where it was reported that a drone actually caused a stampede of bighorn sheep. And you know that's those are some things that could be pretty disruptive. I can't imagine going to a park and all of a sudden everyone has their drones flying around though too. That would kind
2: of ruin the effect a little bit. For commercial purposes, if you have a drone, is there any sort of license that you have to get? Like a pilot's license? Obviously, if you want to fly a plane, you got to to get a pilot's license.
1: It looks like some cities, we should look up what San Diego is doing uh, and some of these other cities that we're in, but there are some cities that outright ban and then there's some cities that have a ban, but then they have a permitting process too. And I think that makes sense because the the outright ban kind of punishes everyone, you know, these minority drone guys that are, you know, ruining for everyone else. And that's that's going to happen already. And I think the more scary part is the aspects that as a camera and using it in residential areas and there's already laws in place when it comes to photography of people inside their homes and so forth. And, and that's generally prohibited because you do have an expectation of privacy, especially if it's in an area where it's hard to get to in your backyard and things like that. But if it's obviously from the street into your front lawn, that's a different issue from a public space. But when you're flying over someone's house and even invading their close to airspace, so to speak, that actually has some trespass implications as well.
2: Yeah, the privacy thing to me is the biggest one just because... It's not like someone who's flying a plane taking aerial photographs like you can only get so much. I mean people complained about Google Earth, Google Street View and that's just people in their yard, but like this is a tiny device that can fly next to your house or like into your window and not into your window but like next to your window and just record things. It's it's getting on a lower level as opposed to just an aerial view. So to me the privacy things the biggest concern on the legal side of it, but this uh settlement in this FAA fine is a, is a nice step towards something, I guess, but it's still seems like it's a pretty unsettled area in terms of how drones are going to be governed for commercial purposes. And there's
1: already been some a few instances. I think there was one instance where there was a, a drone that flew into someone's yard or something like that. And this guy took out a shotgun and shot it down. Reasonable. And he was arrested. <laughs> the guy that shot it down was arrested for criminal mischief or some some weird charges and didn't have a license for the gun or something to that effect. And then there was another instance where a drone landed in someone's yard because it ran out of battery or there was malfunction and so forth. And the person actually kept the drone. The property owner kept the drone and basically held it hostage and it had a camera on it. And I think it was probably something benign or whatever, but obviously the property owner didn't really appreciate this going on. And And those are all very interesting legal implications of that. It's very similar to, you know, in San Diego, hot air balloons constantly land on people's property. I don't know if you know this, but, you know, you can't really control where a hot air balloon lands to a certain extent. A lot of times you're just making sure it's a safe landing. And it happens all the time. And it is technically trespass, but it's something that's a little bit tolerated there.
2: I got to witness that as a kid. There was one a hot air balloon that landed, like, pretty close to my house. So... I don't remember how close it was. I just remember that happening. So just one thing to go back on what I was saying before. So the FAA, I said the settlement's a step towards something, but we just don't know what yet. The FAA has been pretty outspoken about. They think drones should only be for, you know, hobby purposes and not commercial. So even despite companies like Amazon and uh, other ones that are using it for different business reasons, commercial reasons, a lot of people still think the regulation of these the commercial side of it is far away, so we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah, that'll change eventually. I think it's just a matter
1: of the law catching up a little bit and people figuring out what they feel comfortable with as far as a bunch of drones flying around. I, but I think Amazon and companies like them are are pretty much first in line to really make that happen on a larger scale.
2: Yeah, they got to be. Amazon's got to be the, f- the front runners in this and and push forward. So yeah,
1: I, I've been wanting to cover drones for a while, but I've just been waiting for the law to really, really change, but it's been pretty stagnant this past year. And, you know, there's been some different interesting scenarios here and there, but nothing really substantial.
2: I was going to ask what your, so this is Friday, what your uh, Super Bowl pick was, because that's two days from when this episode comes out.
1: Oh, that's true. Do you know who's playing? So Seattle versus Patriots. (laughs) Yeah. I think it depends upon who, who prepares the footballs. Ah, I don't know if either
2: side gets to bring their own footballs, but...
1: For the Super Bowl, isn't there technically a home team? For flipping a coin, they have to have it, right? Who calls it first? And-
2: no, I think for what they do for the Super Bowl now, and I could be wrong, I guess we'll find out, is I thought now, or at least recently, flip a coin and one side has the logo of... Oh, one team and the other has the other team? Yeah. I don't know if there is a home team or not. It's a- each end zone, it has a different team in it, so that's true. But I think for the Super Bowl, all the lo- all the footballs are going to be like have the specific Super Bowl whatever logo, whatever number it is on there. So it's going to be. I don't think there's too much opportunity for Brady and Belichick to cheat like they have been for who knows how long with these deflated footballs. <laughs> Not that they needed to cheat, which is the funniest part. But that's so harsh.
1: I still don't understand. I don't think most people understand. At least the laymen who don't pay attention to this stuff, like the deflation of football is how much how much of an impact that can have on the actual game seems negligible to me but uh but oh so to answer your question i think seattle is just it's gonna do it again i mean they played a remarkable game last week and they weren't necessarily the better team throughout the game but at the end they pulled it out so i think they'll do the same this sunday yeah
2: i don't like either team but i really dislike the patriots so i'm gonna go with hope i'm just gonna go off seattle even though i it's a very even super bowl i think it like Seattle opened as the favorites, and now the Patriots are the favorites, according to the betting term. So it should be a pretty even Super Bowl. So I think it could go either way, but I'm hoping Seattle wins, unfortunately.
1: I'm just going to try to get a good view and just fly my drone over the stadium to <laughs> yeah. uh, get a good seat. I don't think that would go over well. <laughs> no, no, would it? Where, I don't even know where it is, frankly. I don't think my drone will go that far. It goes about 50 feet away.
2: Yeah. And it's in, oh, for some reason, I was thinking it was in Texas, but no, it's in it's in Phoenix. So I'm actually closer than you are. Very good. All right. Well, I'll meet you there.
1: All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, don't forget to send in your topics, ideas, and your questions if you have them, your business legal questions to ask at LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com. As always, keep it
0: sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasir Pasha and Matt Stopp. but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.